Hi and welcome to episode 92 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Reportage and This Reportage family, and I'm a photographer too. Love chatting to the fab Ronan Palliser for this week's episode. Ronan was fifth in Ireland on TIR for 2020, and I've had the pleasure of meeting him a few times now. He's a really lovely guy, and he did one of the best conference talks I've ever seen as well. We talk about that on the episode today, as well as many other things, including why he's not just a bride or groom photographer, editing, the stories behind a couple of his reportage awards, our Netflix synopsis game, how he typically works on a wedding day, his involvement with the Irish Professional Photographers and Videographers Association, Instagram, the definition of documentary, and so much more. Before we get on to Ronan, just a few things from me. Firstly, the deadline for our final award collections of the year is just under two weeks away now. The deadline is the same for both our wedding site and our family site. Submit by 2359 GMT on 23rd of November 2021. Secondly, our This Reportage and This Reportage family Christmas party is just over three weeks away. I really can't wait. Over 100 photographers from all over Europe will be descending on London on Monday, December the 6th, 2021. It's exclusively for members and is totally free as part of membership. We, like the whole world, really deserve a party. So if you want to come along, make sure you RSVP so you're on the guest list. Finally, just a few words about the under-desk cycle you may have heard me mention on the podcast before. Honestly, this thing is so great. I use it whenever I'm working, when I'm editing. Amazing to actually be exercising whilst editing. Just feels good to not be so sedentary all the time. And it's so much easier to do rather than dedicating specific time to a usual exercise bike or treadmill that I'm unlikely to do. Instead, I sit down to work and can cycle away easily. It means I do it really regularly. Fits easily under my desk and it's super quiet too. It's called the Desk Cycle 2. And I really can't recommend it enough. My wife is even using it now too, during her Zoom meetings. As it's really silent, she can do that. I think people only notice her earrings bobbing up and down a bit. I'll include a link through to it from this episode's page on TIR. Check it out if you're looking to keep a little more fit whilst editing and working. Right, enough from me. Over to Ronan. Hey, Ronan, how you doing? Alan, I'm good. Good to talk to you. Oh, and you, man. It's lovely to hear your your lovely Irish voice. How's how's from, things? I was just in... going to say from across the water. Yeah. <laughs> how's how's things, man? How's things with you? Things are good. Yeah, good. Um, like many people listening to this, I guess I'm on the back of a very very busy few months. Yeah. Uh, how's it starting been? Starting to see light at the end of the tunnel. It's been intense. Um, like I do all my own editing. And I've always kind of had this metric in my head that I don't want to have more than four weddings in the queue at any one time. Mm-hmm. And I think it got to 12 uh, oh. this summer. So like I was in my, you know, unhappy place uh, for that. Uh-huh. But I'm kind of getting through it. I've had a couple of weeks of lull now. So it's allowing me to kind of just get through them and get on top of the editing a bit. So right, now when okay. I say that, I'm down to six. So, you know. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's uh, like a, you know, that's a big increase though. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, say, yeah. I couldn't work out my percentages then of like, is that 50%? But, um, <laughs> about that, about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, man, when you had 12 in the backlog then, do you, do you find that stressful? Does it, does it affect you? Um, it does in that you're kind of just, it's the lack of an end in sight. I find just we're very wearing, you know, that like normally there's a little bit of a kind of a adrenaline rush when you get a wedding out the door. And I used to always be in the habit of if I got a wedding out, I don't need to kind of think too much about editing for another day or two and I can kind of take it a bit easy. But yeah. with this, there's just, you're like, 
at one point I actually thought about importing them all into one Lightroom catalogue and just going through image after image and forgetting where the wedding boundaries were, if you know what I mean, <laughs> oh, uh, just to kind of plow through it. But so that that side I find has been kind of a slog. Um, Are you not tempted to have People have been understanding. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I was going to ask about that. Your clients have been okay, have they? Yeah. And I, I suppose one thing I do is I get, I get all my couples like a, a very decent sneak peek, as I call it, but like it's a 150 image slideshow. Oh, that's, um, a, that's within, a very decent Within days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll get them that within like three or four days of the wedding. So everybody has a good feel for their photos. So oh, I think that's... that does take the pressure off. You know. Does that not add like I think I think that's really cool for the couples. That's a great thing. But doesn't that add even kind of more workload to you to do that 150, and then you have to go and edit the whole thing as well? Uh, I don't. I, I've I've thought about this a lot this summer actually. Um, I don't think so for me because for a start, I'm one of those photographers who needs to look at what I've shot very quickly after the wedding to kind of relax about it. Right. You know, you're driving home from the wedding, going, "That was rubbish. I did a load of shit at that wedding," and then you look at the the next day and you're like actually no it's fine That's um cool. yeah I so that. i do the call when i kind of do that initial look and then i just kind of do a quick pass over the call and pick out my favorites and like i'm very methodical about it so if i end up after a call with maybe 900 images i'll put them up in lightroom as a grid a night that's nine across so i have 100 rows of images and i'm oh, kind of nice. saying roughly i want one per row and that's the slideshow and it usually ends up being more like 150 than 100. Oh, that sounds like a good way of doing it, though. Good, like, yeah, so it's a bit, you know, as I said, I'm kind of methodical about it. But what it means then is when I do go through that 150 and edit them, I have a really good basis for the other 750 or whatever that I'm going to edit. I, won't, I don't typically deliver 900, but you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. after the call, there might be that, and I might deliver 600, 700. But I, a lot of them are kind of just, you know, stamping previous, um, the next image in the sequence because everything is corrected for the one I delivered in the slideshow. Uh, okay. Yeah, that makes It's sense. only really cropping and straightening and maybe a bit of, um, you know, if there's things I want to really touch up with the spot heating or something for portraits or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so in a way, the slideshow and the, the call in the slideshow done within a few days is like, okay, I've broken the back of that wedding. I'm more than halfway there. And when I come back to it, it's just a matter of kind of finding the good reference image in the slideshow, applying those settings, tiny tweak and move on. So I get through the second set of edits almost as quick as I get through the slideshow edit. Uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds like a really good system, man. It really does. And doing, yeah. the doing the slideshow itself, is, is that not time consuming? Or I guess no, that's, that, no, that's smart slides. So oh, like, okay. I, don't, I just drop it in. I find, I, like if I have 147 images, I'm kind of like, okay, I need a song for 77 and I need a song for 70. I'm right. not at all picky about what the music is. I don't think <laughs> couples care. You know, no, that's true. I see people giving out about smart slides and music and or whatever platform you're using and, and how do we find good music. I just drop in a song that will beat match and right. I'll listen to it once and unless it's absolute rubbish, I'm like, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> yeah, I bet you've never had a couple come back saying, oh, I'm not keen on the song. The music? No, no, not at all. Um, so the only thing I'd be aware of is that if I'm delivering like a sister's wedding and I did her, you know, a, a bride and then I'm doing her sister's wedding a year later or whatever, I'll try not to use the same music kind of. Oh, but, good idea. Yeah. yeah. Have, have you yeah. ever done that by mistake though? Have you? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sure I have. Yeah. Like there's one, <laughs> there's one family, I think I've photographed four of their weddings now and I'm certain I've not only done the same music, but I've probably done some of the same shots, you know, when you do the couple oh, shoes yeah. earlier, you're like, <laughs> 
can I go to a different set of poses for this sister versus that sister, you know, just to keep it wow, mixed right. up. Yeah, I get that. Really four, though, from one family. Is it four? Yeah. 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 Um, and I think I'm doing a brother in 2023. So, yeah, wow. there's one there's one sister didn't book me and I slag her about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> gosh that's awesome though is that that must have been that must be really cool you must know the family really well then i do yeah and it's lovely because it actually it doesn't like you know you i'm sure you're like me where you're kind of nervous going off to a wedding in the morning and you know wondering what are you going to arrive into at the house and stuff like that and all of that is removed if i'm doing one of those weddings where i've been at the house two or three or four times it's like they almost don't even acknowledge you when you walk in the door now. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, in a good oh way. yeah, Rona's here. You oh. know, so um, no, I do. I like I like actually that. I mean, I, I, I've been lucky with word of mouth referrals. And I remember doing luck, a wedding. It's not luck though, man. It's not luck. You well, that's fair. Um, and, it, you know, I do, I do view it as a good thing. If it mm. stopped, I'd start to worry for sure. Yeah. But I did a wedding in Killarney years ago and there were nine brides of mine at the wedding. Like we got, I got a picture yeah. from my Instagram or Facebook at the time of like all nine brides and me. That's amazing. But it, like that, I remember that wedding in particular. I was like, okay, I'm doing something right. Because yeah. all of these are friends and they're all our sisters or friends or whatever. And they're all just, they don't think twice about me being the guy they contact when they're getting engaged. That's proper um, cool. So that is nice. Yeah, it is. And I think it is a metric, um, that says keep doing what you're doing rather than you know i don't wear it as a kind of a like look at me i'm amazing but i do kind of think of it as as long as people are booking me because their friends had me and were happy or their sisters or whatever that's that's about the best measure there can be that's about the best review you can have you know totally mm, totally agree man you can't get any better than that we just can't that must have been so yeah. surreal to be at a wedding with nine of your past brides that's it surreal. was yeah it was it was funny like you it was one of those things you kind of know was coming in the background because obviously you kind of figure out the connections but it was like to see them all there and i i was like i definitely have to get a picture with ollie yeah and could you remember like, all their names yeah, I could. Oh actually. man, that's good going. That's good going. Yeah, and like the funny thing, I don't know if you find this, but I I find sometimes, uh, like I always make a joke if I'm, especially if I'm at a repeat, if I'm at a wedding where somebody whose wedding I shot and was at the wedding again, I'll always be like, oh, you know, Michelle always dresses up for me because you know you only see them in their best because they're like either in a wedding dress or bridesmaids dressed or dressed for a wedding. Uh, yeah. And I always think it's funny how many times do I pass a bride on the street or like in a supermarket or something where it's like I haven't recognized them because they're not dressed up like a bride or whatever. But I do. I'm good with names. So I'm sure I miss a few people out in the real world. But at a wedding day, I'm generally pretty good with names. That's cool, man. That's funny. That's a great story already, man. This is Ace talking to you. It's my huge smile. Honestly, Are we done? <laughs> That's it. Shortest podcast ever. Um, have you ever, by the way, I just, I just came to my head, but have you ever shot someone's like second wedding, you know, after they've like been divorced or anything? Have you ever done that? No, not that I yeah. know. Um, and it's funny because I used, like, I used to say something to people like, oh, I think everybody would be an expert the second time they get married. Or I'd be like, um, you know, make some quip about like, well, you won't be wearing that dress again or whatever. And I, I, I actually remember at one point kind of going, my God, well, imagine if this was a second wedding or if, yeah. you know, like you could put your foot in it. Um, That's but so as far true. as I know, as far as I know, I haven't, I think like the other thing, the other metric, I think I've shot three weddings where the couple have split up, sadly. Oh, okay. Um, that you so know of. About, 
that, that I know, know of. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's out of about three hundred. So that's like a what a one percent uh, yeah. divorce that, rate. A lot quicker maths than mine, man. A lot quicker maths. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did wonder one time, would it like be something kind of funny to put up on a website of like ninety nine percent of my couples are still married? <laughs> yeah, still that would be great. You should do that. But I don't know. Maybe when you're getting married, ninety nine percent doesn't feel like good odds. You know. Well, I don't know. I'd take that. I would have taken that. <laughs> um, wow, man. Yeah, that's funny you talking about that. As I remember, and when I was doing my initial kind of client meetings, I'd often say, you know, you've got to do what you want because it's not really something that you're going to do twice in your life. And then I had to realize that actually some of the people there, it might be their second or third time so i kind of i kind of stopped saying that actually mm. yeah i think i i would like to think that if people are in that position they kind of understand it and they get it and they wouldn't take offense about it you know true. Uh, mm. but yeah it is something to be aware of i think that if if you if you do have a, just a one percent divorce rate man that'd be awesome because isn't like the the world's average something like 50 percent or something isn't it something is like it really that? that high my goodness it is and that's imagine imagine then that half of what we do is not going to be looked at again or going to be looked at I don't know, with bad like memories. Like going to bring back bad memories, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. Do we? How many albums get burned? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was I was doing a workshop years ago, and um, the I was showing one photo, and it was he he the groom was a wedding photographer himself, and someone at the workshop said uh, he recognised uh, the 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 guy in the photo, and she said, "Do you know he was cheating at the time, and they're no longer together? So he was having an affair at the time I was shooting the wedding. Isn't that mad? Yeah, that I mean." In the scheme of things, that's kind of up there for, you know, pretty brazen. I know. I had <laughs> like that whatever, other one. Whatever happens after a wedding, or, you know, yeah. It's oh, I know. Hardcore. It is hardcore. I had that other one where, I, I think I told you ages ago, but I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but uh, other one where later on in the evening, after they got married, the bride actually told the groom that she was having an affair with someone that she met on a, on a hen night. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. That's, That's yeah, mad, isn't it? It's mad. I'd just be thinking of the reaction shots you can get from that. Oh, one. no, I'd already gone then. <laughs> I'd already gone. I'm, I'm not one of these photographers that stays till like 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm, I'm not. I'm too old for that, man. I don't know about you. How do you work? You know, do you do set hours or unlimited and stuff? Uh, no. So I, I, I basically, I'll typically start two and a half hours before the ceremony. Um, if I'm doing groom prep as well, maybe three hours, uh, but I'll only do groom prep if it's like within 10 minutes of the bride kind of thing, you know, and I'll kind of nip over and back. And my finish is either when they sit for dinner, including speeches before the meal or the first kind of three or four dances. I I always think when you say dances, it sounds so old fashioned. It's like they're going to a dinner dance or something. You know (laughs) what I mean? Once a band have kind of done, basically for me, it's the peak of dance floor action. So I don't know about weddings in the UK, but certainly in Ireland, the first dance is usually the couple and then the bridal party will join in. The Mm -hmm. second song, because everyone's brought up around the dance floor for the first dance, they'll pretty much everyone will kind of get on the dance floor for the second. The third Hardcore people will stay, but the lads all tend to head off to the bar. That's, um, true. That's very similar and, to UK. And it think. kind of fades fairly quickly from there until maybe the band are going to do their last song or the DJ comes on or whatever. So yeah. what I say to couples is once I have a sense of your party really underway and, and like the dance floor hopping, that's me kind of done. Because I'm, I'm always conscious of not photographing people on the dance floor. I know people do it really well. And I know there's some photographers who do the whole night thing and get in amongst it and dance with the guests and all that kind of stuff. That's mm. just not me. And I don't think it's a lot of my couples. Um, and I think a lot of guests kind of get uncomfortable if at my weddings, if I'm in there too long on the dance floor. So 
busting some moves. Yeah. But that's <laughs> that's really good that you say that, Lorraine, though, I think, because I think I do feel like, I don't know, over the last maybe 24 months, there's a lot of pressure in, in our kind of wedding photography community to be like, you know, you've got to be there right to the end. You've got to be right in the middle of that dance floor. Like, um, you know, and I think there is a lot of pressure to do that. So it's nice to hear from someone else who, you know, doesn't do that, I think. Yeah, that's- and I, I suppose the other practical thing, and I think this is a difference between um, English weddings and Irish weddings, is I think, okay, it's different now with COVID because in, in Ireland we have 11.30 curfew for weddings at the moment. Oh, do you still? Um, really? Wow. Yeah, no, I think it, they're, they're, it was supposed to come to an end next week, the 22nd right. of October, but there's talk in the last two days about whether we're going to be allowed to come out of restrictions or whether things are going to pot again. So okay. who knows? But before that um like a wedding in ireland would finish a lot later than a wedding in england as far as i understand it right. so it would be just practically it'd be very difficult to be the photographer who stays till the end like that yeah. could be three in the morning you know what i mean so oh yeah and um, that is impractical i like i often have like a five hour drive at home afterwards i couldn't be doing that staying until like yeah three yeah i'm the same because i'll shoot anywhere in ireland pretty much so i'm not it's not unusual for me to be kind of three three and a half hours from home Mm, um, yeah, exactly. or the next day to have to go if I stay overnight the next day to have to make that journey in the morning you know so yeah um, oh, yeah but I, I, I do like the dance floor I do like getting the first dance and that kind of peak of dance floor action on, on a song two or three and I love that as a finish shot I think actually my cover image on on TAR on my profile on TAR is like just a, one of those shots that I kind of try to finish it where I go to the back of the room and I've lit the dance floor and it's just maybe uh, a long cool, lens yeah. to compress things and just to try to make it look like it's a total and absolute party. Sometimes right. it's not as much of a party as it looks in the picture, but you know, you can kind of photograph in a way that it looks like the whole place is hopping. Uh, and I yeah. do like that as kind of a, that's the end picture on the day. If I get that, I'm generally like, okay, that's me done. That's cool. Mm, yeah, cool, man. Cool. Do you have many Kayleys in Ireland? No, no, yeah. uh, very rare. I think I've had probably three weddings where there's been like that kind of Kaylee or Irish dancing kind of thing. And yeah. actually, I'd say two of them were probably Americans. Who, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what happens. <laughs> we had a Kaylee at our wedding. We had a Kaylee at our wedding. Which Did was you? Fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun, man. It's fun because it does get everyone up. It's like, it's a bit different, isn't it? They're it quite does, hard. yeah. Don't you find they're quite difficult to photograph, though, because they're like full on. They could be really Very cool. much, very much. And yeah, it, like you're kind of... Um, it's very hit or miss, I find, mm. if you are photographing that kind of thing. Uh, like often, actually, I remember the last time I did it, it was in a in a castle, uh, Lutrostown Castle, which is a beautiful venue, but it has a, quite a small function room, kind of where they had the dinner. It's, you know, because it's a castle, there's no proper purpose-built function room as such. Right. Yeah. So it was just one of these grand ballrooms, but it wasn't, you know, it's grand in the 16th century, but, you know, it doesn't compare to a big wedding function room now. Uh-huh. So it was quite a tight space. And... I remember just being like, I think I was on like a, an 18 millimeter lens or like, you know, some, like a 12 millimeter on Fuji, which would be 18 millimeter in full frame terms. And right. just in as close as I, or in as low as I could to just get a sweep and like you're waiting for all the legs to kick and sink yeah. or whatever. And just, it was like, if I get three shots out of this, that's going to do me because it's just so hard to shoot, especially it's a bit darker. I wasn't lighting it. So you know, you're at the mercy of it a little bit. But it's yeah. like those things are kind of fun challenges too, aren't they? To That's true, isn't it? See what yeah. you can get. 
Yeah. And like, you know, as well, there's another, there's 50 phones taking pictures of the same thing. So I like that challenge where I'm like, I want to get something that no one else is trying to do here. Uh, that's a good way to think about it. Mm, yeah. That's a good way to think about it. Um, I want to ask you about one of your lines from your TIR bio. Uh, it's on your website bio as well, because I think it's really cool. And you say, um, and because I'm a wedding photographer and not just a bride or groom photographer, my camera will be off you as much as it will be on you. So I love that. And I couldn't agree more. So yeah. Can you, can you tell us more what you mean by that? And just your general, you know, your general way that you approach weddings yeah i feel really strongly about that actually um i think that there's a bit of an obsession when people get married with photographing the bride and groom or the bride and bride or the groom and groom and actually where i think it really comes to fore is if you look at people's best of slideshows at the end of the year um which may you know maybe not so much a 2020 2021 thing but they'll come back again um there's so many times I've looked at people's slideshows and they have epic images and amazing photographs, but it's like I haven't seen a single guest in any one of these pictures mm-hmm. and you're kind of putting it out there as your best work for the whole year. And it's like couple picture, couple picture, even if it's not posed stuff, you know, even if it's pure doc, so many times people just put up pictures that either have a bride or a groom in every single picture. Mm, um, so true. And I kind of feel like that's, that's great for the couple, but actually what's more value to the couple is the stuff they don't get to see. So like there's points in the day where I'm really turning my camera off the couple and actually the ceremony is one of those where as much as I can during a ceremony, I'm trying to photograph the guests. And I say this to couples, I say, look, I'll photograph anyone that does anything at your wedding, anyone that does a reading, a prayer, sings a song, does a dance, brings up a gift, whatever. But during the ceremony, and yes, I'll photograph the thousand rings and you might be aware of me for that because I'll be in a position where you can, I can see you. So you can probably see me if you go looking for me. But if you don't see me, what I'm doing is I'm photographing your guests. And actually, one of the COVID challenges for me has been the masks in churches or masks in ceremonies. You know, it's kind of been a real dampener on getting those guest reactions, which I'm sure we've all been dealing with. Mm. But I'll still do it. I'll still turn the camera on the guests as much as I can. Um, And then the other aspect is I'm trying to get the couple through the couple shoot, bridal party shoot, family photos as quick as possible. And everyone says this, right? But I do kind of, it, it's firmly kind of embedded in the way I'll approach the timeline on the day or the way I'll approach the day. I want them to have a good hour with their guests so that I get a good hour with their guests. Um, and this kind of came to a peak for me, actually. I think it was 20, 2018 or 20, 2019. Um, I did two best ofs that year. And the first one I put out, I, I it was like 150 images that I was really proud of from the year did a kind of a cool slideshow as you do. And I put it up on, on uh, Facebook and Instagram or whatever. And the last slide kind of just made right, made, made the point that in the previous 150 pictures, you haven't seen a single bride or group. Yeah, that's I just very deliberately cool, pulled out like 150 guest photos. Um, very cool. And, you know, there might've been a couple of family members, you know, siblings and whatever parents, but I deliberately picked pictures where there, they weren't pictures of either a bride or a group. Um, just to kind of just reinforce, and I do send that to couples when they inquire now, um, especially if they're like, oh, we want the photos to be relaxed and we don't want to have too much of a pose thing or whatever. I'm like, this is what I love doing, and I'll send them that. And then I'm like, and, you know, here is the pictures I do of the couple as well, because, you know, yeah, I can do those too. Yeah. But yeah. it is, uh, I found it really good, and I got really good feedback on it. 
That's cool, man. I have such respect for you for doing that because it's, it's, you know, so many uh, photographers do just what everybody else does. So to just put your head above the parapet, is that the phrase? God, I don't know why I'm even talking about it. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) (laughs) And to do something like that, which is totally different. I have massive respect for that. So that's really cool. And just the way that you shoot and your approach, I just totally agree with as well. And do you find, I think by focusing on like the guests and the other moments that the wedding, uh, that the couple themselves maybe not privy to, I think we we get more relaxed clients. So it's no, you know the wedding's not just all about them and like just they don't swap thousands of photos of themselves yeah i totally do and like i suppose we all have our couples who say i don't want to be the center of attention or i don't you know um and i think actually a lot of people are like that where when they're getting married they're like getting married but they they don't they're not necessarily comfortable with the day being all about them like it obviously is but i suppose i see that as one of my jobs is to make it feel like they're not you know that the day isn't all about them by saying yeah look give me 10 minutes of your time and then i'm happy um because there's so much other stuff happening around this wedding that i want to make sure that you guys get to see and like i'm really conscious as i'm and I, like this isn't rocket science for wedding photography i'm really conscious that like a lot of people do this but i'm not sure that everybody puts it front and center in how they sell themselves and i think that's the thing because i'm really conscious that uh, like that a lot of photographers will take pictures of guests and do candids and let the guests let the couple have mingling time and all that kind of stuff. But as long as as an industry, uh, we continue to kind of prioritize showing uh, bride and groom pictures or bride, bride and bride or groom and groom. Um, I kind of feel you reinforce this message to prospective couples that kind of says, oh, my wedding photos need to be all about us. And for the couples that are uncomfortable with that, I kind of feel it. it's just a hard sell. You're kind of like trying to break that stereotype mm. when you're talking to those couples. Says, no, don't worry. It doesn't really need to feel like that. Uh, I totally agree with you. And I think in Instagram itself and Instagram culture is a problem there. And I think because, you know, it, 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 virtually invariably, the shots, this bride and groom shots just get more likes on Instagram. And I think other yeah. photographers see that. So then they think, oh, well, I, I need to be posting this bride and groom things because they get more yeah. likes, which actually then gets more reach. And it's that vicious cycle, really. Yeah. And you know the way Instagram went down the road of kind of hiding likes and then uh, yeah. like, I thought that was great, but they haven't gone far enough with it. I'd actually like just to not know how many likes my pictures are getting. And I, you know, the way you can, you can hide likes that other people can't see, but you can yes. see, like, okay. I, I'd like an option that says, I don't care. I don't want to know. Like, mm. I, I don't know. I, I just, that would I be freeing, Instagram wouldn't it? Say again. It would be freeing that kind of thing. Cause it, I think a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, like, I see Instagram as a shop window that you kind of have to engage with, like you have to have stuff up there. I think, couples are looking at it more so than certainly more so than Facebook. And I think even more so than websites nowadays in some ways. Mm. So you kind of have to go with it. I think it's very difficult. It'd be very difficult for a photographer to just say, I don't like Facebook. I don't like Instagram. I'm not going to use them. Mm. But, um, I, I kind of don't care. And it's interesting. Like when you look at, you're right. Like I'll look at an image, you know, a, a doc image that I'm really happy with, um, that has just guests or kids or whatever. And I might get, you know, 60 likes and I look at a, a pose bride and groom picture. And because maybe it's been shared around or whatever, it's like getting 150 and you're like, ah, I yeah. wish that was the other way around, you know? I know. 
It's like and that inverse was one of the... proportional to how much I enjoy taking that picture. That's off. true, you know isn't it? Mean? Yeah, I totally get it. And that was one of the reasons the starting reportage, and it honestly was, it was kind of pushed back at the kind of like real portrait heavy kind of like Instagram social media world. And just, just, to, just to play one little part in just reminding yeah. people, like, look, this is not what weddings are about, you know. I, I, I bet you didn't think it was going to take off the way it did potentially either right because oh no gosh, i had no idea yeah yeah they're, they're like you tapped into something i think where and that's what i mean that's what i mean when i say this isn't rocket science and i know a lot of people think like this because i think you did tap into that where photographers were looking for a platform where they could show that work that wasn't necessarily focused on likes or shares or whatever and like it's you know I, so i think i i see why that's worked yeah. uh, and i i also see why it's important um yeah, and I think there's, I think there's a whole TIR look now, right? Like, what do you think, even really? With, even well, even with, even on the day you're taking certain images, you're like, oh, that could be a TIR shot. I don't know. I think it's funny. Oh, and I think cool. it's just like it's become a, not a style in itself, but it's certainly become a kind of a, a feeling in the way you shoot it, in the way I shoot images, the way people shoot images, which I think is brilliant because it's just, it's like putting the focus back on. Are bringing to the fore the kind of documentary aspects of the day like one of the things that i've That's always cool. been challenged about is how do you define documentary and i think even your kind of um just by drawing a line under like no nothing nothing staged no couple shots no couple shoot shots even if they're candid during the couple shot i think that's a very clean kind of definition and you know it's probably not perfect no, I, I, is there a perfect way though? Good. It's still subjective, there isn't, isn't no. it? No, yeah, I don't think there is. Um, like some people, I know some photographers think documentary is like, well, they're, once they're not looking at the camera, it's fine. Mm. You know what I mean? And like have that kind of black and white view. Right, okay. Um, yeah. But, and I, like I, I do some judging for the IPPVA this year, the Irish Professional Photographers and Videographers Association, which is oh, a yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> so I've started judging in that and like we have a, doc a wedding documentary category and you still see some images being thrown into that that you're like they're couple shots but they're I, I get why you think they're documentary but they are a couple shots and we've struggled a little bit with how do you define the criteria for that category mm -hmm. I because that. we haven't gone down the road of like what you're doing with TAR which is no couple shoot shots you know right um, okay yeah, my opinion of it is just that if that situation would have happened if the photographer wasn't even there, you know, they didn't have a professional photographer, then it's kind of valid because, but I yeah. think with a couple shoots, that, that situation, even if it's just candid, it's only happening there at that time because you've gone off to take photos, you know, that's my opinion on that. Yeah, agreed. And like one of my pet peeves, that's a gray area for kind of this kind of stuff is first looks. Or, you know, the, the, the even first looks where it's like the hands around the door or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, okay, that's definitely a photographer. Like, even if the couple were going to do it, the photographer probably decided where, where it should happen. Totally. And probably kind of got one person there and then told the other person, okay, now you can come in or whatever. You know, yeah. there's definitely direction in that. Um, agree. I agree. I think that, yeah, I mean, that is probably the purest definition. If it's something that would have happened if the photographer wasn't there. But as soon as you bring a camera to a wedding, you could argue that you're influencing what's happening yeah. on the day anyway. You know what totally. I mean? Like, yeah. I'm sure you've taken shots and I've certainly taken shots where the mum or the sister will kind of maybe fix a veil or do, and you know they're doing it because they expect you're going to get a picture of that yeah, moment. That's true. And Definitely. you're like, ah, this isn't this isn't a moment, really. This is, you know, like they're going to look back on that picture and go, 
not like, oh, the photographer caught me doing the veil. They're going to go, oh, yeah, the photographer realized I wanted him to take that picture. Right, yeah. That's you know? true, isn't it? Mm, that's yeah. true. It is an interesting subject. Um, but, yeah, I just felt with you, it needed to have some certain rules. But then you can't go, you can't go too far. You know, I know some people have questioned with me, like, even confetti shots but you know confetti is like a wedding tradition and, and i don't know about you i don't do any setting up for the confetti shots i know some photographers do but we can't just disallow confetti because you know it's a it would have happened even if the photographer wasn't there yeah I mean? no that's that's a very good example actually like i i it's not as big a thing here although i've i've had it more recently this summer i think for whatever reason but the only way i'll get involved in confetti shot is typically somebody might say oh we're having confetti and i might just say okay when is that going to be just so i kind of have a heads up mm. or you know sometimes you'll see people handing it out in a ceremony before the couple exit and i might just say to the guests look get it up when you're throwing it just nice and high right, you know cool. mm. which is just really to make sure it's a, as best as it can be for the couple although being honest even if i did that i probably wouldn't be inclined to view that as a shot where i did where it was hands off um, right, okay. you know but it is a good example i suppose of something that would happen maybe if you weren't there but you know even that it's still a lot of times maybe it's happening because a couple have got confetti because they're going to be like oh i saw a really cool picture and i think that would make a really cool picture possibly you know, so, yeah as does well. that cross the line because we don't know about it i don't know it's hard i uh, no, it's yeah you could talk about it all day couldn't you, you could. <laughs> it's really interesting could. but i think yeah. also i think also i think it's important obviously and it might sound funny coming from someone who runs tir but also <laughs> some people just take it in my opinion just far too seriously you know at the end of the day we're you know photographing weddings and um yeah, I just think some people take it far too seriously, don't you think, about like what yeah. is documentary and what is Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you can totally overthink it. And like, mm. it, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, does it matter? At, you yeah. know, like, it, it, I guess our number one um, audience is the club, is the couple. And they don't care about the mechanics of this stuff. You know, they don't yeah. care whether I told the, the guests in the aisle to throw the confetti high or whether that happened naturally. Um mm. You know, so yeah, you're right, and there, you can overthink it for sure. But it yeah. is, you know, I think it does prompt some interesting thoughts. And I bring it back to how I approach the day, I suppose. And because I enjoy catching moments that are unplanned or are from my, uh, at least that I didn't plan to catch mm -hmm. because I didn't know they were going to happen or couldn't plan, you know, couldn't necessarily expect them. Um, I do try to make sure that on the day I know when I have the time to do those kind of shots and when I'm required to do the kind of work through the list of photos that a couple are expecting, you know, be that family pictures or couple shoes or I want to picture the cake or can you get pictures of the de detail in the room? Yeah. So one of the things I do with my couples and we all do this again, I'm sure is I will talk through the day with the couple in advance from a kind of timeline perspective and logistic perspective, but I'll, I'll focus exclusively on that on the pictures that they're going to be aware of being taken. Um, so like group shots, family shots, you know, is there a way you'd like me to photograph you in the dress? Is there any particular places in the grounds you really want to get some pictures? Mm -hmm. And I'll say at the end of that, look, we've spent an hour talking about the pictures you're going to be totally aware of. That's so that on the day I know exactly when I can switch into the other mode, which is get the pictures that neither you nor I are going to know now I'm going to take. That's cool. Um, that's cool. You know, and it's just, I kind of do think that's important too. To I, I would struggle to photograph a wedding where I didn't know, didn't have a plan for what the, I didn't, you know, just to arrive in blind to a wedding where I hadn't talked to the couple. And while I'd love to kind of just arrive in in some ways and just go, I'll take this day as it comes. 
I know I would struggle because I'd be kind of like, should I? Like if I was off trying to do some pictures of kids playing garden games or something, in the back of my head, I'd be like, is a bride wondering where I am because she wants to get a picture of all her friends? Uh, okay, you know? right, yeah. That's a good system, though, for you, man, as well. That's really good. Have you, have you, did you have that right from the beginning? Uh, pretty much, yeah. yeah um, cool. I'm just, I, I, I focus a little bit too much sometimes on the logistics, maybe, but I just, it gets me in a headspace where I'm like, now I know what the plan is. Like, I always go into a wedding and I want to have a rainy day plan, a sunny day plan, and things are running late plan. Right, and that's wow. only around the organized pictures you know so that for some weddings that's as simple as family photos 10 minutes of bridal party pictures five minutes a couple shoot you know and so it's maybe 25 minutes 30 minutes on the day but if i don't know how we're going to do those no matter what way the day runs i'm out of my comfort zone and i'm kind of constantly second guessing myself right Um, Mm. and also i think it gets buy-in from couples to realize you do need to have a little bit of um awareness of time on the day like a lot of my weddings would be church weddings, right? So I know 99% of the time if the bride walk up, if the if the church's ceremony is due to start at one o'clock, we will leave the church at three o'clock with family photos done. That's right. just the way an Irish ceremony, church ceremony, Catholic ceremony kind of runs with well, allowing long, for, yeah, it is long <laughs> and allowing for shaking of hands at the end and then let's do family photos for 10 minutes. You know, it's okay, typical. Cool. And that's kind of allowing for the bride being 10 minutes late kind of thing as well. Right. right? <laughs> but I know a lot of my couples, if they have one o'clock and they're in by, they're kind of thinking, uh, oh, we'll be out of there by two. So I'm kind of resetting that and saying, well, look, let's plan on you being out of there by three. Now, mm-hmm. does that affect when you think you want to have the dinner bout? Yeah, yeah it probably cool. does. Yeah. You know, and it, the thing is, what, what, what suffers if the timeline is too ambitious is all those kind of candid guest shots sure, because yeah. you end up spending all the time. And like, as I said, all the time is only maybe half an hour, but when you, when you add it up and kind of allow for traveling from church to reception or whatever, you very easily get into a place where the couple arrive and 15 minutes later, the hotel want to ring the bell and maybe the bride has asked me to do some detailed shots in the function room. Mm-hmm. So that's my guest photos gone in the middle of the afternoon. And that just makes me sad, to be honest, because I feel yeah. they're missing so much, you know. So I think the planning and the logistics and kind of thinking through the timeline is actually all to get the opportunity to do the kind of dark stuff and to get to get the couple away from the camera. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I say to them, I want you I don't want us to spend the day together. I want you to feel like we. I jumped in at bits and we got some pictures as you knew I was taking, but you should be spending the day with your guests. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what's going back to all that kind of blurb on the website about you know being a wedding photographer, not being a bride and groom photographer. Mm. That's um, perfect, man. I think that's honestly really, really good, really good. Let's um let's change tack slightly though, man. Let's change sure. tack. Okay. Do you? <laughs> I've got to do it because I like doing this. Just, I just find it fun. Do you watch much Netflix or movies? <laughs> yeah, I do. I I didn't know you did this until I listened to Dave's uh, oh, Dave yeah. Thompson's uh, podcast, and I was like, oh crap, he's gonna. I'm there's, there's questions and an exam. <laughs> but yeah, I do. I do like Netflix. Okay, that's yeah. good. Good. Let's go. So, okay, you know what's coming then if anyone's yeah. listening um, at home. So, I'm just going to ask a few. Um, I'm going to read out a few synopses. Uh, they might be from Netflix or might be some other movies or streaming things. And I'm going to see if you can get the title. So, yeah, you ready? Yeah. Okay. I love the way it's such a, it's such a, it's such a, an uh, unsubtle segue from the wedding photography to this, but I don't care. Let's do it anyway. Okay. Yeah. First one. So, this is a movie, Ronan. Um, 
A lonely young boy bonds with a lovable alien stranded on Earth, protecting his new friend from government forces as he tries to help him go back home. That's home, isn't it? Oh, that is, there is one called Home, isn't there? That's an animated type thing. But yeah. that, this is an even older film. Oh, this is E.T.? Yes, it is. Boom. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yes, boom. I love I I haven't seen that in years, actually. You've got no, kids. I, I, I actually keep trying to get the kids to watch it. I've yeah. two How kids are 10 and 7, and they, they just don't want to... I don't know. I, I You know the way you're trying to relive your childhood? Yeah. With, I think uh, that'd be a good age to watch it, though, I think. Wouldn't it? I think so, too. Yeah, Maybe I just need to stop asking and put it on some Sunday and just go, this is what we're watching. <laughs> yeah, you should do it. Yeah, that's yeah. one out one. That's good. One of the best concerts I ever went to was um, my wife's friend was playing in a classical um, concert, uh, you know, orchestra type thing. And it was a special night where they played. It was all just John Williams music. So oh, the first, yeah. it was amazing. Honestly, the first half was all these amazing John Williams themes like E.T. and Home Alone and stuff. And then the second half, they played a whole of like Star Wars. And it was just amazing. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. The, they do concerts here i don't know if they happen in over there where they they show a film and or a movie and they have a live orchestra playing oh, the soundtrack cool. I've never and been i really want to go do one of those i haven't yeah. been to one but i really want to that would be cool wouldn't it yeah, yeah, that would be yeah, yeah. Cool. something like star wars would be great for that yeah totally hope. i think they've done that yeah that'd be cool cool okay one out of one then let's go on to your second can we one. not stop at one out of one <laughs> no no <laughs> okay so this one um is a series on netflix okay so Hundreds of cash-strapped players accept a strange invitation to compete in children's games inside. Oh, too easy, Alan. Oh, too easy. Yeah, you know it. Go on, then. What is it? It's Squid Game. I yeah, have you watched yet. it? No, no, oh, me. No. Yeah, no, me. It's it's on the news all the time, though, isn't it? But yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, I think we. I think we will. We're currently watching um, Sex Education, so we're kind of oh, finishing. Yeah. That. Which season are you on? I've seen the first we're two. What's the season third, three? Yeah. Oh, is it as good as the first two series? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is. Cool. It's so good, isn't it? I was kind of put off years ago by watching the initial trailer, which made it look like, a, I don't know, kind of a bad American pie. But it's a lot more than that. It's it's heart to it. I think it's really good. It, yeah, I know. It is very good. It, it's weird in that it's um, like, is it America or is it England? Or, oh, yeah. You know, yes. my wife is like, there's nowhere in the UK like that. There's nowhere in England. That and then That's that beautiful. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we were like. Actually, the house is a real house in Wales, you know, where, where he lives with his mum. Oh, is it? Uh -huh. um, that's apparently in Wales. And the school is like a real place. You know, it is shot in the UK. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's in England or Wales. But it it's like this mishmash of American. And apparently that's a very deliberate thing. Someone was telling me recently it's like to kind of a technique to disorient you and, and make it more universal that like the yeah. Americans can relate to it and the English can relate to it. And, you know, well, that makes um, sense. Yes. So, yeah, I like it. I, I do think it's, it's a good series. Yes, it's really good. Don't let the, the name put you off, people, if you're thinking yeah. it's this crass thing, because it isn't. There is, obviously, there are crass bits in it, but but it's, it is, does have a lot of heart. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah, you learn nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I might have learned a few things. <laughs> move on, move on. <laughs> okay, your final one. Okay, this is an old uh, movie again. Okay, so um julia roberts earned an oscar in this emotional drama for her portrayal of a twice divorced mother who sees an injustice and takes on the bad guys oh i know this film and i'm trying to think of the name of it oh i love you why you say film that's cool yeah i'm irish <laughs> <laughs> i know i just love that it's great <laughs> oh it's uh it's like about the chemicals being released into the it water is, isn't it? yes yeah. i've not seen it actually but it is yeah. <sighs> uh 
It's, it's her, her name. It, like, it's, it's the lawyer's right. name, isn't it? Erin Brockovich. Well done. Yes, yeah. man. Boom. That wasn't, that wasn't me Googling, I promise. <laughs> that was that was lodged in the back of my head. That is great stuff, man. Three out of three. And that was all really varied as well. Of, of older stuff and modern stuff. That is impressive. Impressive knowledge, right? Uh, really. I feel I got easier ones than I could have had there. So I'm, I'm appreciative of that. No, I think that was tricky. Especially the Erin Brockovich. That's quite obscure, isn't it? I mean, that must be like 20 years old or more, that film, I think. Yeah, yeah. I suppose they're easy when you know them right that's true <laughs> now that's they true. say on these quiz shows <laughs> <laughs> right well done right let's get back to your photography um and yeah well, I, I made a note on this because whilst i have you on here i just wanted to say again i told you at the time but that your talk at nine dots you know a couple of years ago was one of the best talks i've seen by any photographer at any conference man and i've seen a lot it was just so good so um, I, yeah yeah and that means so much talent to be honest because oh, uh, really yeah it's really true there's a high bar there um yeah, can that you was t- 2018. Oh, was it 2018? Yeah, I was just going to, can you tell us more about that experience? And, you know, yeah, were, you, so were you nervous? You didn't see me. It was so I was cool. very nervous. I think I, I, I think it, I got an Apple Watch not long before it. And I remember, I think at the start, I did my heart rate and it was like 125 or something. <laughs> later, as I stood up to talk, um, I was shitting it, <laughs> to be honest. You didn't look um, it. You didn't. It was only my second nine dots. So I had been at Nine Dots in 2017, right. which I think was the second Nine Dots itself, right? I think it started 2016, but I was at 2017 and I knew no one. And I hadn't, like, I, I really enjoyed it. And obviously I wanted to go back, but I hadn't immersed myself in it. Like, I don't think I did the table tennis. You know, I, I didn't, like, I was you just... didn't play the table like, tennis? No, I don't think I did the first <laughs> year. I, I, I was just kind of out of my comfort zone a little bit with mm. lots of new people. And because... Because it was relatively new as a thing, like there was no one else from Ireland there, I don't think. Maybe there was, you know, certainly no one I knew from Ireland. So right. I traveled over on my own and it was, you know, it's three days or whatever. So it's quite a long time for, and, you know, I just, I probably didn't give it, the, I didn't do it right. I didn't just kind of embrace it and just kind of go up to a random person and kind of say, hi, I'm Ronan, how are you? Kind of it's thing. hard I just to do was, that. It's hard yeah, it is. That. And, yeah. Um, so I was on the fringes of it the first year. But I loved it. I thought the talks were brilliant. I did, I think it was that year, I, I did Amy and Tony Hoffer's workshop anyway oh, after cool. one of them. And I got so much out of it. So 2018, they put out a call for uh, if anyone wants to kind of pitch an idea um, to do a mini masterclass, uh, kind of someone from the Nine Dots community, if you like. Um, so I threw in, I, I kind of had been mulling over this idea for quite a while of, uh, like I was doing night shots quite a long time at this point um which i've since kind of started calling a shot in the dark yeah which is and, a very great name man it's a yeah name. i like it and I, uh, that actually came from the netflix series while we're talking about netflix so there's a oh, netflix okay. series called a shot in the dark which is about uh photojournalists in or sorry um news reporters and video like cameramen in the u.s who in la i think it is who basically work through the night to kind of listen into police radios and go to Accidents oh, okay. and crime scenes and stuff. And get a, footage a fiction that they series, or, or no, 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 it's real life. Uh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so it's like how they get footage that they sell to the networks to be put on the morning news. Uh, um, and it was called Shot in the Dark, and I like that's a cool name. And I was like, that's exactly what I do with my night shots. So yeah, it's well. perfect. Man. I looked up Shot in the Dark that was available. I'm like, brilliant, I'm taking that. <laughs> but anyway, the night shots for me are like one shot that I'll do at the wedding, and a lot of people do these as well. But I. I will light the environment of the venue and so the gardens or the driveway or, you know, the avenue or whatever. And then at the last minute, bring out the couple 
pop them in, put a light on them and, and take a shot, take five minutes of their time and get a shot. Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I've made it my thing and I yes. book weddings because of it. Um, so the talk was really about lighting the environment um, before you bring out the couple. And it's all small flash. So I use just I have Godox flashes and, I, you know, it's become kind of a running joke as to how many flashes does Roland bring to a wedding. <laughs> yeah. um, I do bring 12. So, you know, it, it, it's a legitimate comment. Um, <laughs> have you ever used all of those in one shot? I, th- I think I'd used all 12 in one shot. And I think uh. the shot was shit, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I, I, te- I, I did it backwards. I kind of said, I want to I do a shot using all my lights. And normally what I'll do is I'll kind of figure out a composition and a location and a framing. And then I'll add light as I need to. But this, I came at it the wrong way. I was like, I want to find a way of using 12 lights. So it yeah. kind of was instructful to me that it was a bad shot because uh, it was like, yeah, I need to stick with doing this for the right reasons. You know, not just use a light for the sake of using a light, but use a light because there's a purpose. That makes sense. Um, but that's, I wanted to say, that's one of the things I loved about your talk is that you were so down to earth and open and just and, and, and admitting when things had gone wrong. You know, so a lot of talks, people don't do that you know they, they i think they feel like they have to come across as like just knowing being the expert on everything yeah. and they never put a foot wrong and that was one of the, one of the many things which i loved about your talk man. yeah and i remember saying and it was deadly true i said at the start i would love to show you photos that didn't have a single person and because like i want this talk to be about the environment because i was actually really conscious and still am to some extent that i will do a good job of lighting the gardens or the fountain or whatever it is and then when I bring out the couple, I feel I let the shot down with my posing because I don't feel my posing is a strong point. So, like, I was out of my comfort zone in front of a room of 100 photographers who are all heroes of mine and showing my badly posed images. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, so there was, a, there was definitely an element of truth in that. But I did. I, it was a brilliant experience to do the talk. Um, it did go down well. And, yeah, I kind of got a little bit of a, a kick out of it. But it, the, the thing from a Nine Dots perspective was everyone knew me after that talk so like my second year of nine dots was so much better experience than the first because i didn't have that problem of like having to go up to people and go oh, hi i'm ronan you know nice to meet you it was like people were coming up to me going oh your talk was so good i loved your you're asking me questions about using their flashes or whatever so ever oh, since then if i go to nine dots it's like it's just so much of a different experience so yeah very cool good. and very deserved dude that you're so yeah recognized because honestly i was so <laughs> So good. Thank you very um, much. If anyone's listening to this now, do you, you, you're you running your shot in the dark workshops? Are you are you able to I, with coaching? Uh, no, not at not the moment. So I was, I ran, I sorry, I had one, I was literally the day we got put into lockdown in March 2020, I was due to go to a hotel and check it out as a venue for running uh, a workshop okay. here. Um, I was due, I was going to run it in November 2020 and I was kind of planning it in March. Um and I just had to park it. So thankfully, I hadn't opened it for bookings or I didn't have to oh, deal yeah. with all that kind that of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just going to wait until the dust is settled. I just don't want to be kind of second guessing myself. Um, and, totally you know, we're not that. quite there yet here. We're close, but we're not quite there yet. So, cool. Um, yeah, I totally understand that. And that's the best way yeah. to be. But anyway, um, if anyone's listening now, I'll, I'll include a link through to because you've got a separate shot in the dark website, haven't you, for that? Yeah, I do. It's it's. I always say it's like new and in development. I have this great ambition for it to be like you know two hundred blog posts of lighting, and it's about six at the moment. But it will it will get there. And it, it, there's some there's some good stuff on it, and it's where I will put stuff around workshops and things. Like That's that. cool. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, I'll include a link through to it uh, from this reportage, man, and in the show notes. So that's all good. And honestly, I massively recommend anyone just to go and see Ronan because, yeah, it's awesome. That talk was awesome, man. Um, and you, you mentioned it earlier, man. I want to ask you about it. So you're so you're pretty involved, aren't you, with the is the Irish Professional Photographers and Videographers Association? That's yeah. that right. That's right. Isn't it? That's yeah. right. Yeah. It, it cool. used to be just photographers, and then we allowed videographers in. So the name right. got very very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, can you tell us more about that? You know, what's what do you do? With them how long you've been involved yeah so uh ooh, i've probably been involved ooh, that's a good question it's certainly seven or eight years but i like oh, I, I i sorry i've been a member i guess um but i so what it is anyway it's the it's a basically a professional representative association for photographers and videographers in ireland um and there is a criteria that members need to be professionals it used to be that they needed to be full-time professionals and that's been relaxed a little bit in the last few years so you need to earn a substantial amount of your income from photography or video yeah, okay right so it, it, it is kind of there's a bar there that you need to pass in terms of being in the business if you like it's not a kind of an amateur association right. um, and then there's kind of you submit 20 images to kind of get assessed before you're allowed in so the idea is basically there's a level of quality that kind of we can stand over with our members um but it's it's a not-for-profit and it's very much a volunteer run association so oh, right, okay like there is a membership fee there is one person who's employed as kind of administrator to kind of answer phones and emails and kind of pass stuff on but mm-hmm. the day-to-day stuff is volunteer led um, oh, right, and okay. it's it's around that? for yeah it's 71 years old now i think the association really? wow yeah Gosh. so you know it's it's a long-standing thing like when you think back to a, a photographer's association in 1940s, I guess it was. 19, yeah. yeah. You know, that was unusual, right? <laughs> so They must have um, been using like the Sony A1. Then, yeah, was it? it was. Yeah, <laughs> that was when everyone shot Canon and Nikon. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really loud cameras. Um, but yeah, so it has stood the test of time, but it's been interesting and it, you know, it's a challenging thing to kind of keep an association going on yeah. a volunteer basis yeah, I because imagine. i think as well like everyone's time is a bit more precious now and people i don't know maybe photographers are busier shooting more i don't know is photography more time intensive now than it was 50 years ago i have no idea i guess yeah. you didn't certainly didn't come home for a wedding with 3000 pictures or 5000 pictures true. or whatever you know? but it is a, it is a hard thing to find people willing to kind of commit time to it and to basically work for the greater good. So I guess the association's goals are kind of just to build a sense of community for photographers, videographers working in the industry to kind of keep standards up. Um, You had a conference, are you still doing a conference type? We haven't done one in the last few years, but we used to, Mm. yeah. So like, you know, that, I'm not sure whether that's actually one of our strengths because I think there's a private sector kind of market out there for running conferences, you know, like nine dots, like uh, learning to fly, whatever. Yeah, I think in some ways our strengths come from the business supports and uh, the kind of softer supports. So like when COVID hit, for instance, uh, one of the things the IPPVA was able to do was kind of lobby government ministers and TDs to try to get some supports for the industry. And yeah. it's very hard to do that if you're a Facebook group or yes, if you're, yeah. uh, you know, you don't have the authority. But uh, being able to cool. say the IPPVA has been representing professional photographers since like the 1940s, mm. it, it does give it some gravitas. And like yeah. over the years, it would have done some lobbying on things like that 
and had a change in the VAT laws for photography in Ireland. Um, so they're real world kind of things that have day to day impacts. Um, yeah, that's or awesome. we would, you know, lobbied on drone drone regulations and things like that. So, you know, it's 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 the difference between a Facebook group and a, a kind of a formal association that can have some weight and some merit yeah. in official that's... kind of circles. Now, it's hard yeah. to necessarily have a say and have an impact, and it's it's hard to measure whether you actually are managing to do that. The other thing that we do would be if a member has. A difficulty with a client or with uh, somebody using an image, with, you know, in breach of copyright or whatever, we can kind of send a, a letter on their behalf, kind of saying, "Look, we represent all the professional photographers in Ireland. You know, this number of professional photographers in Ireland, and we ask you to familiarise yourself with copyright law. Yeah, you can't yeah, use so. that image." And just, have you been out? Just to, have you had to do that many times? Uh, it happens a couple of times a year. Really? You know, so, yes, yeah. like, yeah, we have a copyright lawyer that we can kind of get point people to if they would need to go further with that. But often that letter or email will actually do the trick for people. So it's kind of just a support network, I guess, but one that's quite um, longstanding. Well, that sounds a really nice, good thing, man. A really good thing to be to be part of. And you have your yeah. awards as well, don't you? I think I saw... We have awards uh, as well, was, yeah. Do you have yeah. family stuff as well on your awards? Cause, or oh, you... so like, that's the thing. It's not just weddings, right? This is right. all all genres of photography. So, like, we have fine art, landscape, press, uh, cool. uh, portrait, newborn, wedding. There's three wedding categories, kind of classic uh, documentary and creative. Um, mm. And then... Yeah, so I think there's like 11 categories of awards. And that's the thing, our members are across all types of photography. Um, cool. So I think that's what's unique about it as an association. I don't know, is there an equivalent uh, over your side of the water? Yeah, like I don't a, think there is really. really. I, I know there's SWPP and mm. there's kind of other things like that, but they, I think there's there's a lower bar for entry because I think you can kind of pay your registration fee and you're in right, um, yeah. versus the need to be kind of professional, you know, working and earning a living. And also uh, because it's across all the genres, you do like you do get a nice mix. So, you know, we have members that never shot weddings. We have members that only shoot press work, that only shoot sports or water landscape, you know. Uh, and it's actually very interesting when we do get together to kind of talk to other photographers who are working in those genres. Like I, I would never have known how a landscape photographer manages to make a living, for instance. You know, mm, yeah. Mm, getting um, up really early, getting up really early. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> making sure there's no people. <laughs> but, you know, just even like workshops and calendars and selling prints and all that, you know, it's it, and there is stuff that crosses genres as well. So, like, it's it'll be nice when we can get back together again and yeah. have kind of meetups in real life. Because I think uh, you can actually learn a lot from photographers, not just outside your geography or outside your kind of immediate uh, style, but just photographers who work in completely different ways you know that's cool man that's very cool and it's yeah it's a great thing it sounds a great thing you're doing there with that so that's really cool yeah, it I'll, breaks my heart on occasion i'll be honest because you know you are kind of sometimes you're doing a lot of work and you're like ah oh, i wish you know we yeah, could find people man as it give is, the time so. yeah so you know it, it it it's not all you know <laughs> not all fun and games but mm, i think nice. on balance it's a good thing to have and a good thing for member for our photographers to kind of be members of and, and i think the benefits outweigh the the kind of costs if you like um, so yeah cool. i'm glad to see it continue it, it's you know into its 70 it, towards its 80th year yeah you've not killed it yet man by your not killed it yet. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> it's cool cool i, I want to go on because i've got a few more questions i want to ask and we're sure. already approaching um nearly now so it's um this is so cool cool man really good but yeah i wanted to ask what are your thoughts on shooting solo or with seconds because i heard you recently shot with a second didn't you but you don't i me. did yeah so i yeah uh casey kavanagh who is a tir member as far as i know oh, cool. um, yep, she's... I'm, I'm heading off to meet her for lunch later on today actually oh, um, nice. cool. but we yeah so basically i had a wedding couple of weeks ago um two grooms uh all on in this kind of festival campsite kind of place um cool. mount Druid it's called uh i'd never been there before but when i spoke to them about the wedding it was very clear very quickly that there was going to be a lot going on so it was kind of as we were coming out of restrictions so for weddings things were kind of back able to happen again Right. Um, so it was the first wedding for me where I went from like 25 or 50 guests with kind of, you know, fairly quiet day to, okay, we're, we're back now. Everything's happening. Like it was still a hundred guests, I think, but it was like full on. So for instance, they had drag queens during the drinks reception. Oh. They had, um, like not just a band and a DJ, but they had this thing called sing along social, which is kind of like a DJ as well, but it's like gets everyone up on the dance floor doing dance, dance floor games and stuff. Oh, wow. Um, okay, cool. So it was just one of those weddings where when I thought about the day and what was going on, I was like, there's a lot happening here. And I was talking to Katie about it. I was talking to a couple about it. And we kind of decided, actually, you know what, this could be a good opportunity to have two shooters. But mm-hmm. I've never done that before. And I've never second shot for anybody before. Wow, right. Yeah, in like 300 weddings, you say. In 300 weddings, yeah. Right. So it was a first for me. Um, and How it was a really interesting it? experience because... Yeah. Okay, so practical stuff first, right? It was really great to be able to focus on some parts of the day and know the Katie and other things covered. So, for instance, I did the family shots uh, after the ceremony, and I didn't feel I wasn't kind of doing those fearing that I was missing out on if the drag queens were going to start their show at the drinks reception, you know, which yeah. was due to start at the same time. Uh, Katie had that covered, so there was a lot of like put my mind at ease about stuff, but then. At the same time, I one of the reasons I've never had a second shooter is I've always worried that I would take on their worries in my head on the day of the wedding and mm-hmm. not be able yes, to kind of, you know, and they're representing your brand and your business and mm-hmm. so on. Um, and I went into the day and until we kind of got into the swing of things, I that was weighing on me was like, I'm, I'm thinking about my issues, like my, the things I have to do today, but I'm also kind of thinking about the things Katie has to do today. Yeah. And we did have a chat before the wedding and we kind of just both, both basically said we try and take it as it comes and we divide and conquer where we could. But I wasn't going to be like, I don't want you in groom prep because I'm in group prep. So we both photographed groom prep and they got ready together, right? So oh, cool, yeah. Um, cool. Like we were, the two of us were in the same house in the morning. Uh, and like at times it was funny because we literally would both, or, you know, you one of these things where you hear a bit of laughter or whatever and you're like i want to go check what out check out what's going on there and we, we both, both were in, in. Yeah. and we both shoot it you know what i mean and like yeah. there's a shot it's funny because there's a shot uh, of like one of the groomsmen just like fixing his hair in the mirror and when i did the final edit i was doing the final call like i shot it from his left and katie shot it from his right and we both managed to not be in the mirror oh that's the other good person. Right. yeah that's and good like guy. we literally you know you can see from the timestamps, we literally took the same shot at the same time from two perspectives <laughs> and i put both of them in the gallery because i was like why not yeah um but like i know in a conventional kind of primary shooter second shooter thing that probably wouldn't be the way you're supposed to do it because it's but what's like the, what, what are conventions and what are supposed to you know you know it doesn't matter well exactly yeah, yeah. and 
like I, 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 we had, we would, I would talk a lot with um, Kevin and Annie Kafash, who I know you know the, oh, yes, the they yeah. organize Doc Day, yeah. and obviously they they work together all the time, right? And like their mm. husband and wife, but they're both fantastic shooters, and they would, I'm sure they have their little techniques for how they work together on the wedding day. And I remember Kevin was saying like proper second shooters now don't just do like primary and I'll be the backup kind of thing. And I didn't really get what he meant until the day itself where, and I kind of like to think that I was both shooting the same groomsmen in the mirror at the same time was kind of proper second shooting it. Cause one of those shots is probably better than the other. Right. Um, mm. And there wasn't anything else in particular for us to photograph at that moment in time, you know? So mm. it was either that or one of us kind of finding something to shoot for the sake of shooting, you know? So, uh, yeah. mm. But it, it was in, it was definitely a learning experience for me. I wouldn't do a second shooter on every wedding for sure. No. So if I had another wedding where I had loads happening, um, definitely I'd be kind of saying to KG, you free again. I, we worked well together. I think we had fun. Yeah, yeah, did you? I was going to ask about that kind of social side of it. You know, were you able to talk? So I've never had a second either, so I, I can't okay, really compare. Yeah. But I guess you must have been able to. I know when I work with a videographer that I've worked with a lot, you know, we have a nice kind of fun time, like being able to just, you know, a bit yeah, of banter and yeah. talking. It was a bit like that. It was like that's the parallel I would draw, would be like just, except instead of them doing video, they were doing stills and you had a bit of control to say, okay, can you take three steps to your left? Or can you, you know, can you okay. go and see what's happening over in the barn or whatever you know what i mean yeah. so um but yeah like i've always been funny about videographers like if i see a videographer's name on the the kind of questionnaire when i send out couples and i say videographer and they say no i if it's no i'm part of me is always like oh that's nice i mm-hmm. i i get i get to just not have to think about that aspect of the day i agree you know? yeah um i do agree being honest when i work with videographers 99 times out of 100 is perfectly fine and i get on well with them and like it is nice sometimes to have that creative backup even around practical stuff like mm-hmm. you know looking for light or looking for a good spot or maybe they've been at the venue and i haven't or whatever their video but, lights on the first dance can be handy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Um, so, but, you know, so it's not the creative backup aspect of it was good. Um, the kind of I've got your back when there's a lot going on was good. But it definitely it did reinforce me why I am a solar user in for a lot of in a lot of ways as well. Um, because I yeah, I, I was kind of finding I was kind of having to think about what what's going on for them and is that okay and yeah you know uh even for somebody who i trust implicitly obviously it wasn't about katie it was just about the fact that i felt like and i say to my couples as well like fewer cameras is better on for your wedding day if you don't want to feel like you're being photographed you know exactly. so yeah i say that um as well. mm. it was it was i'm glad i did it i will do it again but it would have to be the right wedding um, right. Cool. and mm. the right second shooter you know so yeah, all really interesting to hear. And and, and similarly uh, to me, I've not had a second shooter, but working with videographers, my heart does lift a bit. Honestly, I have to say, I, I, I lift yeah. a bit when I get to a wedding and I realize there's not going to be a videographer. And Because the, the main thing for me, though, is that I just find that I ha- I do censor myself slightly in how I work because I don't want to yeah. be in the videographer's shot. I mean, just from it's just kind of politeness. We both got a job to do. We both don't want to be in each other's shots, so we do have to censor ourselves a bit. And it just I don't get exactly the shots or the angles that I would want to get all the time. I don't know if that's selfish, but I just I don't know. No, just, I think you're I think you're right. The, the, the time it comes home to me is during speeches where I'd love to get in front of the top table with like a yeah. thirty-five or twenty-four. And if there's a videographer and I know they've gone at the back of the room and they're shooting the full width of the top table, I probably won't do that. You know what I mean? Uh, totally Cause I just agree. won't jump into their frame. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, but anyway, that's uh, we could talk about that longer as well. But I want to talk about um, a couple of your individual images, man. These are going to be the last questions, I think, because we're already sure. over an hour, dude. Honestly, I'm really enjoying this. No, you can't talk too much. That's the whole point of having you on is to talk. So it's awesome, man. It's awesome. Um, yeah, so I want to ask you um, about two of your reptiles, Schwartz, because uh, they're honestly both of my personal faves. So number one, the top-down one where the bride is like spinning. You're shooting it from above, you know. And, oh, yeah. You know, the one, I, I, I love yeah, that. I, I just think that's really cool. And the second one I wanted to ask you about, because I know it's been one of a, a recent, really a big one for you. Um, it's just awesome. That one with the groom with his new husband card, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, he shot yeah, it yeah. so that it looks like his body. So, yeah. Can you tell us about both of those shots? Yeah. You? So the bride, uh, the twirling bride, as they call it, that was, uh, oh, that's like maybe 2017. And it's okay. it shot with a drone. So. Oh, wow. I is it? Yeah. I, did, I thought maybe you just outside of a building with your arms down or something. Oh, that's no, cool. no, no, no. Yeah. So it. It, they had a wedding at home and um, it was like a marquee at home in the garden they had a cool house big garden and the cool marquee it was one of my favorite weddings actually ever oh. uh i marquee at home always ticks the box for me um oh. so that was louise so basically yeah she i i had a drone i still have it but i don't use it these days anymore actually but um i took it up to get like it just a cool area shot of the, the the venue of like the marquee, the house, the gar- you know it's kind of on a farm, um, and while I had the drone up in the air, she was kind of doing this uh, twirling with the dress for her friends, you know, and I just kind of hoped that she was going to keep it going, um, and she was enjoying it, and um, my temptation immediately was actually to leave the drone and go in with like a twenty four thirty five and get some shots and I was like oh this would look cool if I can get over and I was just lucky that I was kind of close to the house so I flew the drone over and I just like shot like hell with the drone basically um so like it's a 12 megapixel file right so it was one of those shots I was like oh I don't know if the quality would hold up um but the light was perfect for her on the day the way she did it Um, she really pops from the frame as well she really pops yeah and like she Mm -hmm. she just standing in clear space even from shadows and stuff like that um Perfect. And she was between the marquee and the house. So like there's kind of a little bit of framing going on with the structures around her. So yeah, it was like one of those right place, right time, just the right place happened to be, you know, a hundred feet over her basically. Viewpoint that most people would get up it. I love yeah, that. It's yeah. Very yeah, cool, yeah. No, so uh, and, you know, it works because of that, um, because of that view. I've always admired those kind of top down shots anyway, you know, so the ability to get it like that was just really cool. Yeah, uh, so happy I, love that. I love it um and the other shot of wayne yeah so sinead his bride to be that morning had just given him a card and you know it's funny when i talk about there being a tir shot i always think one of the tir shots is like the groom or the bride reading the card you know oh, you yeah. see it a lot in, in, so, yeah. in awards right yeah and hopefully they cry and it's you know yeah. <laughs> cry please uh, cry please yeah cry. yeah so <laughs> i i when when he took the card, my instinct was, as you do, to just get in low and get him reading the card. And it was only when I got in front of him, I realized, oh, Jesus, look at the front of the card. It's like, you know, there's a shot here. And I had to kind of, like, he, I, I genuinely didn't direct him in any way. He's just reading that card. And I think you could see it from his expression. Like, he is focused oh, yeah. on the card. I don't know if he knew I was there, but I, I uh, just worked the angles with the you know the the screen flipped out in the camera and i'm just purely focused on the framing it's trying so to get the collar the shirt aligned with his collar did you take it, shed loads like, when oh, you saw yeah, that opportunity like, you're like yeah oh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah i'd have 100 i'd have 100 frames at that's that cool. moment and literally i think that's the only one that actually where it all lined up 
because oh, uh, obviously he's standing right he's not even sitting he's standing in the middle of the living room and he's naturally moving the card and he's moving and i'm moving oh, and the yeah. camp you know so like it i just really got lucky um, well, it's not luck I though. Knew. It's because you saw that opportunity. You knew this would make a great shot. You took loads yeah. of frames to make sure you were getting it. You know, some photographers would take one or two and just hope. So it's not luck, man. It's all just yeah. Being well, aware. I, I I I could have taken a hundred and it wouldn't have come off at the same time. So I guess that's why I say I got lucky. I, I you know I needed I needed things to come together. I needed whatever way he moved that card at the instant I had that camera in that position, you know, there was an element of it. Of, but you were ready for it. That's what you wanted. You knew what you yeah, wanted. And yeah, you yeah. I didn't know it, for sure. Yeah. But I don't think I appreciated at the time how good it would look if I can, okay. if I pulled it off. You know, Did I, you not it, chimp it, was, it straight after to see if you got it? Oh, I, so I, I yeah, because I actually had jump, I jumped into the car to head back to the bride as soon as I got that shot because it, like, it was basically... It was almost one of those things where I had done all the groom prep shots and like the lads were dressed and I got family shots in the house and whatever. And he kind of mentioned, oh, I got a card from Sinead. I was like, oh, yeah, open it and read it for sure. You know, uh, thinking I'll get my like in low and get the picture kind of thing. And so had he not mentioned it, I wouldn't have even been there when he did it. But mm-hmm. only he mentioned it. I was like, yeah, I'll wait, you know, um, Good that you but waited. I jumped in the I jumped in the car and like definitely I was like scanning through and I was like, I think I have one. I think I have one. And it was actually only later at, through the dinner when I kind of did an import of the wedding. I was like, oh, brilliant. I actually, yeah, that one. But it's literally one frame out of the whole, all the frames I took. But that's all you need. Worked. You only need oh, that it one, is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And nice. it got me a fearless. It got me a TAR. So, that's you know, it's cool. going to be that shot. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Almost. Happy so good. It's so good. I love hearing about the stories behind uh, the images like that as well. So that's really, really awesome. And um, anyone listening now, I will include both of those reportage awards that Ronan just spoke about. If you head to thisreportage.com. And dude, oh man, it's just been so good talking to you. I've loved it. It's been a pleasure. I can't believe that's an hour and a bit already. After. I know. Hour and ten, man. Hour and ten. Hopefully it flies for listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll love it, I'm sure. I mean, you, you're so good. So good. So entertaining. Such a great speaker. So, yeah. And Thank I hope you, to see you in Nine Dots. Oh, yes, definitely. Only like a month now, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Looking forward to it. That'd be great, man. That'd be really Thanks good. Thanks a million, Alan. Really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, man. Thanks for coming on. Love talking to you. Um, yeah, you stay well and I'll see you next month. Sounds good. You've been listening to the 92nd episode of the This Is Reportage podcast. I always love talking to Ronan, so it was fab to have him on the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it today. And I know I said I'd be seeing him in a month, but we recorded this in October. I'll actually be seeing him in just a few days at Nine Dots now, as well as a lot of other TIR members. Really looking forward to it. Head to thisreportage.com for a link to Ronan's website and to see the couple of reportage awards he spoke about too. We now have 92 episodes of the podcast available where we speak to wedding and family photographers from all over the world, delve into our back catalogue to hear from the likes of Ross Harvey, Mihai Zaharia, Lisa Winner, Nicola Steris, Patrick Mattia, Sam Docker, Valter Antunas, York Place Studios, Olivier Bolt, Stephen Rooney, Rowena Meadows, Darren Kerwin, Anna Hardy, and many, many more. If you're not a member of this reportage or this reportage family, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 individual award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, including our upcoming Christmas party in December 2021, exclusive discounts, hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers, and much more too. 
Submissions are closing soon for our final award collections of 2021. The deadline is the same for both our wedding site and our family site. Submit by 2359 GMT on 23rd of November 2021. No poses, nothing staged. This is Reportage. And this is bye for now.